Welcome everyone to the Tech Decision Podcast. This is the inaugural episode. In this show, we're going to take the soul-sucking work of researching enterprise technology trends and make it accessible, engaging, and insightful. Each episode dives into the vast world of tech solutions, breaking down complex choices into manageable insights to help you make informed, strategic decisions. Whether you're a seasoned IT professional or a curious newcomer, Tech Decision is your go-to resource. So a little bit about the sponsor. Um, I'm one of the founders of Tailflow, the sponsor of the show, and it were, it's also hosted by the team at Tailflow. Uh, Tailflow is a leading technology selection platform to evaluate vendors for your exact use case. If you'd like to use Tailflow, just go to tailflow.ai and run a free report. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host, Abhishek Singh. Abhishek is the manager of enterprise systems integration at Toast. Prior to this, he was a principal analyst at Gartner in the application architecture, infrastructure and integration group. And finally, I'd like to introduce our guest, Tushar Shravastava. Tushar is a BPM enthusiast and former Gartner analyst with a decade of experience in business process and requirement gathering, process mapping, and management. Abhishek Tushar, welcome to the inaugural pod. Thank you for the Thanks, Envy. Sounds good. So, th so Tushar, what did you cover at Gartner? And can you define the categories you were covering at Gartner? And how were you covering those categories? How were you categorizing all those different areas? Absolutely. Love to catch up with you guys. And yeah, uh, when we talk about Gartner, so within Gartner, the enterprise um, software was divided into multiple technologies. And one of them was a BPM or business process management. Um, BPM per se is a sort of a principle. Uh, it's a practice within which there are multiple technologies. And I used to cover three major technologies there. The first of them being business process automation, which is more around end-to-end -end automation and orchestration of processes. Uh, second is process mining and task mining, which is more around understanding your processes via data, uh, which is present across your system logs on which your process runs. And finally, enterprise business process analysis tools. Uh, this is sort of a, uh, an old version of process mining where you collaboratively model and map your processes in a manual fashion. So yeah, those were the three top topics that I used to cover at Cartman. And um, just interesting uh, to hear that. And 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 what are you currently mm -hmm. doing right now, Tashar? Because you're no longer at uh, at, yeah. at Gartner. Yeah. Yeah. So so currently I'm a senior product manager at Flowable. Um, so Flowable is one of the leaders in the business process automation market. Uh, so that's the first category I used to cover at uh, Gartner. So leading the market guide there for business process automation. So Flowbill is sort of an end-to-end -end, uh, automation and orchestration vendor. And I'm, uh, I'm linked to the product side of things where I'm uh, mostly responsible for product roadmaps and also some bit of marketing where I'm, because of using my Gartner experience in writing some blogs and publishing some success stories. So yeah, bringing all of it together, uh, together for, for, for the product side of things. So yeah. That's that's what my current role is. Gotcha. And and what would you say Flowable focuses on in that space? Like, what are the core use cases that yeah. it tends to do very well at? And and of course, you focus on evangelizing. Yeah, uh, Flowable is actually known for handling complex use cases via case management. So case management is a methodology where you uh, actually use certain techniques via uh, modeling a process or a or or, or a sort of a complex process where multiple actors are involved, maybe humans, maybe systems, maybe multiple sort of uh, departments involved in, a, in an organization, in a bank or an insurance company or a healthcare provider. So agnostic to the industry, if it's a complex process, uh, Flowable does that with case management. So Flowable is an evangelist of 
standards of uh, process automation. So BPMN is one, business process modeling notation. That's the first sort of use case. The second is case management, which I just talked about, which is the most uh, sort of famous. And then finally, it's all about decision management. So creating decision trees and decision tables uh, for underwriting decisions or credit decisions. So those are the use cases that Global focuses across industry. So Tushar, hmm. you've, you've talked about the areas that you have covered, which is BPM. Mm-hmm. And BPM is nothing new. It, it has been in the industry for quite some time. And now the term has been used interge- interchangeably with a couple of other areas as well. But can yeah. you kind of double click on BPM and what all areas does it encompass? Yeah, th- that's very interesting when you say that it, it's, it's been used interchangeably across uh, multiple software uh, domains, I would say. And I would agree BPM is one of the most uh, sort of confusing and, and misused term in the market. Uh, essentially, it's it's not a technology. Like like I said before, BPM is an umbrella term. A BPM is a practice in itself, like, like you have multiple te- practices like Kaizen or others where, where you look at process holistically. So BPM is a practice where you actually look at the process holistically and understand what's going wrong and then take a decision of what or which technology that you want to invest in. One of the biggest misconceptions with BPM is that you can buy a BPM technology. That's that's not correct. You cannot throw cannot throw technology at any problem that you're having within the organization. And because process is your DNA or, or gene of the company, which differentiates your company from another company, you need to understand what's going wrong and then apply multiple technologies. And, and there are stacks of technologies. I can I can go on and on. But BPM, in a sense, is is a practice where you're looking at your process at a very holistic level before taking a decision that we need to throw technology at it. So that's that's how uh, BPM has to be looked at. And this is this is what actually uh, a lot of enterprises make sort of uh, wrong decisions in, wherein they think about uh, technologies first and problems second, whereas BPM advocates, if, if you look at all the papers that have been written around BPM, the, the sort of literature that exists, it's it's more about understanding the issues of the process. What are the inefficiencies? Why why are we not uh, delivering the best customer experience? Or why is our return policy uh, not not delivering? What 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 exactly is happening wrong that we are not able to deliver certain things at a certain point in time? And that's what BPM is all about. And then yeah, there, there are stacks of technology starting from say process mining, where you understand the process, then you sort of take a decision what's wrong. And then there's say for an example on top of that there is RPA or low code sort of technologies where you do sort of task automation. So RPA is a specialized task automation technology. Similarly, low-code application platforms are, are more of a task-level automation technology. And then on top of that, to tie everything together, you have technologies like Flowable, like BPA, business process automation, which ties everything together and, and orchestrates everything together in an end-to-end fashion. So this is this is what BPM market broadly is, and these are the technologies it encompasses. Yeah. So, so just to quickly summarize, so mm-hmm. under BPM, we have BPA, yeah. RPA, low-code, no-code. What are we missing? Process mining, task process mining. Process mining, task mining. Yeah, and, and you can also say uh, manual process modeling. So the, there are vendors out there in the market uh, who mm. give you the capability to stand alone map and model your processes. So th- those are the vendors that exist in the market. And what, and what was the distinction between process mining and task mining? Sounds synonymous yeah, to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, absolutely. There's, so task mining is more about mining uh, sort of data or knowledge from your laptop at, at a very sort of a very micro level. So for an example, if, if you're doing a process at, within, say, SAP, 
and and you're using certain screens uh, every day 365 days a year and 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 there's some inefficiency even when you're not using your laptop there's something that's going in the background which needs to be captured which is causing inefficiencies so task mining is more about capturing those micro details uh, even even say for an example if you're using say an integration between microsoft teams and sap or oracle for that matter and there's some inefficiencies those need to be captured and if you go there and capture those manually it's it's tough to capture because if i ask you what's the inefficiency you might give me two different definitions now abhishek mm. will give me two different definitions so how you arrive at it is what task mining simplifies so you have a sort of a factual picture of what is happening at a micro level process mining is at a broad level so for an example if you're using uh, say microsoft teams you're using sap you're using salesforce it uses the uh, sort of data logs that are generated from these systems pieces them together ties them together and gives you how the process is moving broadly so what are the inefficiencies where does the inefficiency lie does it lie within sap does it lie across the system where where exactly it lies so it gives you an end to end process map where task mining where task mining gives you a micro level sort of a process map how abhishek or how louis is uh, performing a process or a task at their level whereas process mining is more of a broader yeah i see got it thank you yeah so so tushar you have touched upon the point that bpm is a bigger umbrella under which many yeah. different category of products lie in ranging from bpa rpa task mining process mining and couple of others as well however there are times mm-hmm. wherein the executives find it difficult to get the buy in for the bpm technologies so why is it important for enterprises to invest in bpm technologies and can you talk about some of the successful outcomes you've experienced in your previous life or you've advised someone who have kind of successfully led a bpm implementation in their organization absolutely that's a very great question and and i would say one of the greatest learnings that i had at gartner was that when when you're looking at process uh, or when you're looking at uh, sort of competitive advantage these are not two very separate things so say for an example just to take two names for an example decathlon or or zara these these two might be very separate sort of entities one catering to sports sort of genre and other to a fast fashion sort of genre but in 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 the end essence is their processes which actually gives them a sustainable competitive advantage and that's and, and that's that, that's what lies at the core of their organizations uh, you can do a lot of marketing you can go about and and and, and do a lot of promotions and and so on and so forth but in the end if your processes are not delivering say delivering uh, products uh, on time to your customers or your supply chain inefficiencies are not getting solved or even at the customer front end if you're not able to generate billing at right time at right point in time those are the things that differentiates your organization and that's why uh, bpm uh, as a practice and also the technologies that it encompasses is important for enterprises to invest in to understand that nothing else differentiates their companies or enterprises from one another you might have two different banks that are competing that might on the website you might find uh, they have mortgage low, uh, sort of um, consumer mortgage or a house mortgage that might look similar to you but but how they actually perform all the activities behind the scene differentiates two banks or two insurance providers and that's why you need to invest in bpm technologies to understand where you lack what are the inefficiencies and get better and that and that's why you see a lot of interest uh, from the executives from multiple enterprises trying to invest in technologies and 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 that might be right up to a certain point in time so if i pick a point in case here say for an example with rpa 
a lot of executives found uh, way back in 2017 or 18 a lot of value in automating task level sort of inefficiencies by RPA. But over a period of time, they realized it's not scalable. So you need to understand what is the limitation of the technology that you're using or, or whether it's needed at all uh, in your case or not. So so yes, there's this hunger in, in within organizations to solve inefficiencies, reduce time, reduce throughput time, so on and so forth. But yes, you need to understand that BPM can only offer you sort of solutions if you understand your processes. Well. And, and, and that's how uh, you can look at the improvements uh, in the processes. And that's why BPM as a practice is important for the organization. And, and so, yeah. yeah and, but what are the usual triggers? Like, so uh, yeah. what kind of size, what kind of, what kind of event gets, you know, enterprise IT teams to say, hey, we have to put a BPM strategy in place and we need this urgently. What, what, do, what do you tend to see in different sectors? I think uh, one of the biggest triggers, so, so if I start with say banking, the, the most uh, common that I've seen uh, is, is when, when you're sort of having governance issues, when you're having mm -hmm. sort of uh, issues with uh, your credit uh, sort of assessment going wrong over a period of time, uh, and then you realize that these are sort of non-performing assets over a period of time. And, and you need to understand your processes, how you're taking a credit decision, what what exactly you're using. Are, are these touch-free processes that we intend to make? Or are these a lot of manual uh, sort of interventions that are there that make this process unreliable for maybe multiple agencies, not, not only within the bank, but maybe, say, uh, governmental agencies also. So the governance issues, that's one of the biggest triggers that I've seen that you want to make your processes as touch-free as possible, specifically in very, uh, very, very sort of important sectors like banking and insurance, where the whole system lies, sort of economy lies on that. Uh, from consumer perspective, I can say a lot of uh, enterprises struggle with customer experience, especially now when this omni-channel sort of uh, strategy is playing out. You need to be present to your customer at, at sort of right channels, right time. You need to deliver. So, so, so that's that's one of the most important triggers that your supply chain inefficiencies uh, sort of uh, inhibit you to deliver well or uh, create quality issues or create sort of customer complaints, and and that's why a lot of executives look for uh, BPA technologies or BPM technologies uh, to solve those. So, yeah, those are some of the triggers. And so, the main sectors you kind of covered where it seems BPM is top of mind is so you got financial services, aka banking, okay. insurance, and so on. You know the government or public sector where of course accountability and governance is key you know, otherwise stuff doesn't yeah. work and then like you mentioned like uh, the omni-channel um consumer-oriented cpg like firms so those yeah. would be like the sectors that you tend to see a lot um requiring lot. you know okay yeah. i see yeah, yeah. And, and and sometimes the triggers are also internal so for an example if you note uh, some some of the companies actually when they do internal budgeting realize that hey we are we are putting a lot of and, and suppose these companies are publicly listed you get to know that your competitor is spending say five percent of the cost on internal sort of uh, efficiencies that they're sort of able to produce and you're not able to do that that's a very high number for you that's also a very very sort of strong trigger for bringing in automation because you tend to know that hey they're able to generate x amount of dollars with, with the same cost mm. that that, that 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 you could have also done, but but yeah, your profitability is taking a hit. So these are also some factors that trigger a lot of executives. So Tushar, you you've kind of talked about the differences mm -hmm. between task mining and process mining, and there is a big buzz around process mining. Mm -hmm. So do you feel there is hype around process mining? And what does it all mean when it comes to process mining? What's the area going to look like in a couple of years? 
what's what's your take on that yeah you're correct in the sense that there is some hype around process mining but it, it in the same uh, or, or 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 i would say the other side of the coin is it, it is delivering so one of the most successful case studies and that's published is <clears throat> from germany siemens um, and and it's a published case study that that they've presented on on the process mining forum also as as to how they started way back in 2015 or 16 with process mining and now they've saved more than um, 100 million euros or something in the ca- capital expenditure so that's 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 over a period of time that they've done uh, so yes there's a hype everyone is uh, listening to terms and specifically because of certain vendors doing the events marketing and so on and so forth but yes um, once once you get to understand the benefit over a period of time uh, that that this process has to be understood in a very factual manner uh, uninhibited by by people giving their opinions then you realize the potential of process mining because for an example if i ask you um, how your day looks like for a process if you work on a process daily you might give a di- very different definition uh, as to your colleague or your coworker and what process mining does is uh, it brings brings everyone on the same page so now you have factual information backed by data to tell you hey this is what is going around uh, objectively within your organization and this is what is wrong you need to focus on so nobody no no politics can come into play so process mining actually takes out a lot of human factors also uh, within improvement and i've seen a lot of uh, bpa or rpa projects going wrong because there is internal uh, human conflicts within the organization which 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 sometimes does not get captured within technologies blocking these projects so process mining becomes a catalyst and an enabler in these sort of situations where you have transparently what's going around and what i see in next 2 to 3 years is is that it will become much more prevalent in enterprises uh, who rely a lot on multiple data sources uh, who are willing to open their data sources to process mining and also there's this this growing trend of ai so now with process mining once you have a lot of process models and data which is within your enterprise not not a public llm but a private sort of a large language model that you can create so process mining will be one of the biggest input for that so if you want to understand how your enterprise might look like in a say say 2 uh, years 3 years down the line or how you can scale up over a period of time process mining will play a big role in that because that that captures a lot of data logs for you a lot of processes for you and you can feed back into your private uh, large llms and 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 train it to see what it will look like and this is also called so there's an industry term for that which is called dto or digital twin of the organization and process mining plays a very crucial role as an input uh, for that also so once you have that sort of information you can plan for your future as as this is how it will look like over a period of time and you can plan for multiple even black swan events also like covid or other sort of things mm-hmm. that might help you in the future so that's why i feel uh, process mining has a lot of role to play uh, within enterprises from multiple different angles over a period of time yeah that's fascinating given what's going on can you do you have any use cases you've seen of process mining you know leading to uh, working with llms to uh, in this new ai world or uh, anything you've seen like kind of describing um in real terms uh, what you think the major trend is yeah so uh, the most common use cases that you'll see in the process mining world is related to the sap or um, oracle processes like say procure to pay or order to cash and these are the ones that are most widely used so these are the most common use cases and the reason is simple because you get a lot of data logs for that because these are the 
one of the first processes i would say that a lot of organizations have automated using uh, erps available out of the shelf in the market and uh, with regards to uh, ai it's a, it's a work in progress i've seen some case studies some public case studies that are there available in the market where uh, people are executives are trying to actually combine both of these technologies so they're building their own llms within the organization uh, feeding mm-hmm. the data uh, from from uh, process mining but the challenge here is data quality uh, that 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 we see a lot uh, because um, a uh, if if the data is unreliable and if you spend a lot uh, in terms of time and money in training the llm on basis on that data um, then 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 you're going to sort of screw up whole sort of dt or uh, digital twin that you're going to create over a period of time so that's the challenge uh, i'm seeing a lot in the initial phases but yeah that can be solved over a period of time uh, for that process mining also has to get stabilized within the organization so that's that's one the other thing uh, regards to ai is around scalability uh, right now if you look at one or two processes yes that's fine if you start with say procure to pay or order to cash but uh, to get the viability to to invest in llm and and those sort of capabilities of machine learning within the organization you need to you need to have much more sort of uh, involvement of processes not not just one or two of the processes you need scalability of process mining within the organization first and then use it into llm uh, to have real benefit for the organization so yeah that's that's how it looks like it's it's a bit complex right now uh, because it's it's foggy uh, you cannot see a lot of things right now under hood but over a period of time it becomes clear that's that's fascinating um that you're seeing that trend and when you think about uh BPM and process mining and, and LMs kind of used together, it seems, you know, there's a huge data management component to it to ensure data quality. So I imagine that's another set of parallel tools that the organization has to use and enforce in order to make this even practical, right? Um, yeah. So, okay. I, I see how BPM and this is now a, a very wide umbrella for so many different technologies having exactly. to work and couple together to, to, uh, to make anything useful. Um, okay, uh, I get it. Um, so, uh, just to kind of wrap this up, you know, you are both an expert in BPM and process mining. And um, if you could just summarize in very specific terms once more for us the difference between BPM and process mining, wherein where could process mining be used independently of BPM? That would be especially useful um, because mm-hmm. there is a distinct category of process mining tools out yeah. there. It sounds. And it does sound like it can be a standalone technology for many enterprises looking at a specific use case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So BPM, like I said, is is sort of a practice and it encompasses multiple technologies. It consists of multiple technologies. And process mining is a stepping stone to, to BPM, I would say, if you would put it like that. So process mining gives you sort of an transparent view of your processes and, and, and how your organization works. And, and, and then you use BPM practices uh, or, or sort of uh, methodologies to improve the process. So that's that's the distinction. So so, so process mining is just the first step uh, to achieve excellence via BPM. Uh, then you might need maybe task automation or you need orchestration, and then you achieve sort of goals what what you started with uh, with BPM exercise. But BPM is is sort of should be looked at uh, from a very broad perspective as a practice, not a technology. So that's that's the difference. Yeah, understood. So, so I, I would. Go ahead. I would like yeah. to expand mm-hmm. on that question. So you mentioned about process mining. So 
let's say if I'm a IT director of a company and I'm mm-hmm. looking at in investing in automation initiative. So what should be my selection criteria for all of these, mm-hmm. for lack of better word, bubbles that are mm-hmm. created out of the BPM technology area? So what should be my selection criteria if I'm going ahead and looking at some of these technologies in the BPM world? RPA, BPA, task mining, process mining, and other tools. So do we that's, have yeah, any yeah, decision yeah. criteria that's already there in the market? Yeah, that's, a, that's a great question, Abhishek. And it's, 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 a sort of a, it's becoming complex in the market also right now. To be honest, if you look at some of the mega vendors in this market, um, maybe I can call, call upon one or two, say, say Pega Systems or APIN. Um, and even if you look at some of our competitors from flowable perspective, uh, they're starting to sort of build capabilities across the ecosystem. So if you're sort of looking at some of the vendors like APN or Pega, they actually play in each of the markets. So they have acquired process mining capabilities by acquiring certain companies. They have task mining capabilities by acquiring certain companies. Then they have their own sort of um, BPA capabilities that they were originally known for. They've also acquired RPA. So there are certain vendors in the market. And, and in the similar vein, you can call out SAP. They acquired Signavio and they have sort of whole sort of suite of capabilities. Similar, you have IBM. So, so there are vendors in the market that have all the capabilities across the range. So when you're looking at as an executive, you have a choice to mm-hmm. make whether you want one suite uh, where you go ahead and have all the technologies in place and you start with process mining because you want to understand the processes first or map your processes first and then look at your task or look at your processes, choreograph them, automate them, and then repeat the cycle to understand whether it's performing well or not. On the other hand, there are uh, vendors like Flowable in the market, which which are sort of a best of the breed solution where we can integrate. Flowable can integrate, say, with a process mining software, with an RPA software, with a Salesforce. And then you, you sort of take a decision whether you want to go the next step or not, whether you want to use... Uh, X, X things or, or, or not. So, so that's, that's the decision criteria right now. It, it's, it actually uh, is, is a bit more complex in a sense when you look at uh, the overlaps these technologies might have. But once you understand the end goal that what you want to achieve with your process, and that's, that's what actually BPM is all about. Once you understand that, hey, these are five things that, that we need to tackle in the next two or three years, then you quite frankly understand, hey, we need task automation first then we need choreography, then we need analytics maybe, and then maybe what, what God knows what, what comes next, maybe AI or something. But but yeah, the starting point is always understanding the process, understanding the root cause of the problem uh, without throwing technology or without throwing fancy terms on top of it. So that's, that's the sim- simple criteria, which is the basic criteria that you understand the process, then you sort of break it down into next two or three years, how it should look like. And then you sort of do a reverse calculation to understand whether we need task automation first, what we need. Yeah. Got it. So the so there are BPM platform vendors or who provide the entire, I guess, quote unquote life cycle or or you know perspective on BPM. Yeah. And then a bunch of tools that are point solutions that are best of breed solutions uh, for kind of individual parts. And you mentioned some of the, you know, more incumbent or legacy providers out there that cover yeah. the, the BPM space and, and how it could be appealing to use the entire platform. Um, but uh, yes, but I think we understand now there's no such thing as a BPM technology, but there may be BPM platforms that encompass many of the underlying technologies. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and when it comes to, let's say, the individual parts of BPM, 
So mm -hmm. actually, it'd be good to like. So let, let's let's kind of get some names out there. So when it comes to overall BPM platforms, who are the so the two to three main players? And when it comes to the the individual mm -hmm. parts of the BPM process, are there one or two players that are worth mentioning there as as uh, challengers or upstarts or or significant players? It would be good to understand the the vendor landscape or solution landscape, if you will. Absolutely. So I can give you a broad overview of what vendors are actually present in those markets. Maybe um, it's not appropriate to call them leaders, maybe, but but yeah, th those are one of the uh, biggest mm -hmm. vendors in those markets. So if I maybe start with process mining, you'll see Celonis as one of the topmost sort of uh, vendor out there. Then Signavio you have, and, and there are many. This, this is a crowded market with, with more than 20 vendors in the recent Gartner magic quadrant for process mining. But but if I have to sort of take out a couple of vendors, then yeah, you have Celonis, then you have Signavio as one of the top two vendors in the market across multiple uh, analyst firms from Forrester or Gartner. These are the top two or three firms that will come out. Uh, then if you look at, say, for an example, uh, RPA, the, the top two or three term firms that come out are, one is UiPath. Uh, the second is, uh, you you have a look at, say, Blueprint. Uh, that that say uh, gives you sort of a huge chunk of market that both of those cover. And when you look at BPA specifically from process automation, now if I may call, so if, if we recall that the, there are two sort of types of vendors here. So if you look at Pega APN, those are more of a sort of every sort of covering encompassing all the technology. So they are present in all the markets. But apart from that, you have players like Cloable, Kamunda. Then you have um, other players in the market that cover a chunk of this market. And and basically, those are more of a process automation and orchestration uh, vendors. So these are, these are I would say, some of the top vendors in these markets uh, that cover these, this whole landscape. Then there are some adjacent markets like task mining or analytics, where you have a lot of vendors uh, which which might be covered in some of these vendors. But, but yeah, there are some small startups that are also playing in these areas. They're trying to innovate. They're trying to partner with bigger organizations. So yeah, that's this. This is a crowded sort of a market with with a lot mm -hmm. of uh, with a lot of enterprises uh, here vying for the space. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. Um, yes, this is very insightful. So, if there were let's say three or four takeaways today from our conversation, I, I think it'd be good for the audience to kind of uh, you know have something to walk away with. Um, I, I love number one the distinction between um, BPM um, as uh, as not really a, a a one one stop technology. It's a it's a complex uh, suite of tools that may be present in some overall platforms, but oftentimes you combine point solutions and create a cohesive strategy. Um, second is that this is a space that has been around for a long time and has evolved in many ways and and um, the needs uh, for BPM tend to emerge a lot around, um, uh, you know, the, the financial services sector, the the public sector, a complex omni-channel plays. So there's, and and the the triggers um, tend to arise, like you said, out of people issues, if you will, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and what would be like in a, say another one or two takeaways you think we should add to that list? I would say one of the biggest takeaways from my perspective is that uh, these these technologies have very different use cases. So it's it's important that executives and enterprise understand that there are separate use cases and separate sort of uh, sort of 
boxing of these technologies, if if I may call it, and do not confuse between them. So that's that's one of my sort of biggest sort of uh, opinion. Also, I've been sort of articulating this uh, from a long point in time. But yeah, that's that's I would say bottom stout. Yeah. Gotcha. That was one of the key takeaways from for me as well. There are these different technologies that might have uh, common use cases they cater to. So, and an organization should not go and ahead and invest in multiple technologies coming in from the BPM umbrella without finding a proper use case for it. So, because they might go ahead and use uh, overlapping technology for a common use case that might increase their IT budgets. So, I think. They can also lean back to TaylorFlow in helping them kind of go ahead and evaluate some of these areas too. Exactly. Yeah, we should get something up for a BPM soon. Um, so, so folks, uh, this has been great, very insightful. I'd like to thank my amazing co-host Abhishek and, of course, our our guest uh, Tushar um, uh, for you know all the insights and 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 the depth of this conversation. We hope to have you again in the future. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want any help making technology decisions, uh, I highly recommend you take a look at Taylorflow. That's taylorflow.ai uh, to advance your vendor research much faster in BPM and other spaces, um, adjacent spaces. And, uh, yeah, this is the inaugural podcast. So thank you, Tushar, for uh, the honor of being our inaugural guest. And we're, uh, you know, excited to share this podcast with the world. And um, uh, uh, looking forward to the questions uh, uh, for a potential future pod um, diving further into process mining and uh, BPM and BPNN related technologies. Um, all right. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys.